Hi, everyone. My name is Gilbert Jackson, and I am currently doing fireside reading for anyone who wants it during the coronavirus outbreak. When we're all stuck at home, I'm reading a classic book to you. And today, I'm here with Elias, and we're in the man cave together. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, Blue. Yo, Adrian. I did it. A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Gilder, welcome to the cave. Thanks for having me in the cave. How are you, my friend? I'm very good. I'm very well. Luckily, we, we, my family and I are all well, which is good. I hope everybody listening that they too are well, and or at least getting better if they've had this thing. I know. I know how you've been dealing with the whole isolation and everything. Well, um, I, it's been difficult at times. Um, we're very lucky because we're healthy and um, my, you know, I have two daughters, my wife and I have two daughters. And so uh, one, the oldest one is 18. We was just about to finish high school this year. So she's, she's missing her high school graduation, which is a shame, but she's hopefully going to be go off, go off to university. So it's an interesting time. We have all of both of our teenagers at home and they probably wouldn't be much at home if, if they were able just to, you know, do what they want to do. So we're having a, we're having, the upside is we're having a lovely time with our family. So we're lucky there. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was doing some research on you. You've been busy the last few years. You've done some voiceover work, you some, some TV roles and on, you currently, yeah. start, and you recently started a webcast fireside reading. And we'll talk about that. I want the listeners to get to know a little bit about you. Where are you originally from? I'm English. Um, I come from the west of England, a place called Cheltenham, which is near to Stratford-upon-Avon, near to Oxford. Um, How was it it growing up there? Well, it was very... It was... It was a bit like being in one of those movies. Uh, I went to one of those schools where it was all boys, and um, we played rugby and cricket and uh, silly games. And um, it was great. I had a very, very happy childhood. Hmm. So um, growing up, did you, want, did you know you wanted to get into the acting world? I did, but I wasn't brave enough at that stage to do that. So I had a whole other career. I used to be a lawyer. So I, I qualified as a, what's called a barrister in England, yep. uh, which is the guy who stands up in court wearing the wig and the, the cloak and speaks in court. Um, I qualified, but I never practiced um, in England. Then I came to America, and I sort of was intrigued to sort of see what America was like. And I liked it a lot. Um, and I, I actually, at that stage, there was something called the green card lottery. Yeah. And, uh, the thing, the thing that Trump just stopped, um, 
I applied for a green card, uh, and for some reason, that, that just at that year, those years, they hadn't been giving the quotas out previously. So there was a, a lot of them that got given out, and I, I won the lottery and got a green card and was able to stay here and work, and then I became a lawyer in in uh, in Beverly Hills. In, 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 I became an entertainment lawyer and worked here for several years, and uh, then finally decided that I needed to do what I wanted to do rather than yeah. what, uh, what seemed like I ought to be doing, and I quit being a lawyer and became an actor and writer. Did you start taking acting lessons? Or did you just jump right into it? I did. I, I, when I was lawyering, I, I started... Um, I was afraid to do that, but I, I went to acting class. I was... I remember now, I'm surprised as I remember now, but I was—I remember being very nervous going to this place and uh, it was called the Lee Strasberg Theatre Institute in L.A. It's on, a, you know, I think it's on Santa Monica Boulevard at, around Fairfax and it's where um, De Niro and it's, it's the same organization as the one that De Niro and Pacino worked at and learned how to do their thing. And um, I, I went there in nights when I was lawyering and um, sort of started to learn how to do the thing. Mm. How did you uh, transition from you know, being a lawyer into acting? Like, did you run into any bumps or anything, or did you find it like it was you found it easy? Yeah, after, uh, it's, uh, I mean, it it's still bumpy, yeah. but it, it, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's. Uh, so the, the the thing that happened was that um, I worked in a I ended up working in a quite a small law firm and my boss asked me to become a partner in the law firm and I realized that if I said yes that was really my life I would be still doing that um, and he was great my boss was lovely um, he was difficult but he and I got on quite well and. Um, it was very hard. That was a difficult decision for me to make. I knew that if I said yes, that was it. And I would never do the things that I kind of hoped I would try one day to do. And so I said no, too much to his consternation. And by the way, I think I also ought to quit because I'm really not, not totally enjoying myself. Hmm. And uh, it was a shame because it kind of... I, I never really had a. He, we had a lovely relationship, but I, I, I didn't really ever. We could never regain that. He he felt like I. I think he felt like I had. Sort of uh, turned down. Him, and I had in a way. Mm. Um, so I, I uh, you know, I gave him um, notice, which seemed to go on forever. <laughs> I think about nine months later, I was able to finally leave. Um, and uh, and I, I in the, in the meantime, I uh, I got a bit more serious with the the lessons. I I also wrote some things. Um, some I got a job writing some Saturday morning kids television episodes. 
And um, and then almost as soon as I quit, uh, I did I did a bunch of plays in L.A. And that's a you know it's, there's quite a lot of plays that happen, but very few people go and see them. Yeah. But it was good for me to learn how to do it. Um, and then I got a job on a General Hospital, and uh, that was just a job for a couple of days, but it ended up being for, uh, you know, I don't know exactly how long, but maybe a year. Um, and I, so I got some practice on being on, on film. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So how did you... Um... Yeah. So how did you get involved with like voiceover work? Because I saw you did uh, Castlevania for Netflix, and you've also done a few video games. Yeah, I've done um, I've done a lot of voice work. Um, I think being English is l- lucky in in some of those jobs. So uh, I, you know, I can't. I've done. I've auditioned for the world of commercials. And I can't get those to save my life, so I actually don't really do that much anymore. Um, but certain voice work, like audiobooks, um, I've just started. And, you know, the, f- the first time I ever inquired about them, I ended up doing what, uh, one for each of the two companies I made inquiries to, and I still work for them, and I must have, I've, I've done. Uh, maybe over 300 audiobooks. Mm. So um, my voice fits that job very well. Um, and I'm good at that. And and then, you know, the, the, the TV shows, animated TV shows, it really requires, for me, um, I'm not very good at the sort of um, animated where you need the, the funny voices. Yeah. That's not my thing. Um, but I've done several shows where I've done... So I've, I mean, I was in a, one of the Star Wars video games. I'm doing another one at the moment, which we can't really talk about, I'm afraid. But um, And then the Castlevania came up. It was just an audition and, and a really fun part. And... Um, it was great, and it's it's a, such a good show. I'm very lucky to have to have to be doing it. And um, the guy who runs the show, his name is Warren Ellis, and he's a sort of big deal in the world of uh, graphic novels. And uh, he is very complimentary about the work I do on his show. So so it's great. I, I love doing it. Mm. And it's a crazy character who gets to say crazy things. <laughs> So uh, you also recently had a, a role on Bold Type on Freeform. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So that's so my wife, her name is Melora Hardin, and people probably know her from The Office. Um, she also was nominated for an Emmy for, for uh, an Amazon show called uh, Transparent. And... Um, so she has been doing this show for Freeform called The Bold Type for four years, and it shoots in Montreal, and we live in L.A. So she uh, very cleverly suggested to the producers of the show that um, 
Well, they did, they did say to her that we think your husband in the show is going to be English. And I don't know where they got that from, but she immediately said, oh, well, in that case, you need to hire my husband. And they, <laughs> they very kindly did hire her husband, me. So we get to play husband and wife on that show, and it's wonderful. So we get to be together a lot in Montreal, and we don't have to sort of break everything up, and because uh, and, it's, you know, quite a bit of the year is spent up yeah. there for her, and I go back and forth. Um, and uh, I don't have a great deal to do, but I do get to spend a lot of time with my wife in life and uh, on the screen. So that's really fun. That's awesome. So now I mentioned earlier you started a webcast called Fireside Reading. Um, yeah. And I've read what it's about, but everything. But I want the first question I got for you is like, I know, I have a feeling I know why you started this because, you know, everybody's home and they're quarantined and everything. And like, is, yeah. that, is that the reason you started this project? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It totally is. I, I, I guess my, my mother is sadly not with us anymore, but she died a couple of years ago. But right now, if she was alone in Cheltenham, which is the place I grew up, uh, she wouldn't know the neighbors, but they wouldn't be able to come over, and there would be nothing. It, she would be lonely. Yeah. And I figured that young or old, there are people who are lonely right now, who need a little companionship. And television is great, um, but there's something not very personal and uh, warm sometimes about TV shows. And it figured to me that, that, that this idea of, of me simply sitting in front of a fire and reading a great book to you, the, the viewer, um, might be something that people would, would like that might help with a little companionship and help people who might be lonely. And um, so I just decided that I asked, I wasn't very good on social media before. I'm not very good at it still, but I, I'm getting better. Um, and, and what we decided to do was uh, at five o'clock Pacific every day, I read a chapter of Great Expectations, which was written by Charles Dickens and is an unbelievably good book written 160 years ago, but still very poignant and, and uh just a charming book uh, now still. I read a chapter a day to anybody who wants to tune in, and, and uh, several people have been with me now from the beginning. I then upload every chapter to YouTube, so people who miss a chapter or who want to start afresh can go there. It's called Fireside Reading is the name of the channel. And it's really, you know, if, if you feel like you want a little simple old world entertainment and you need a little companionship, I suggest you can check in and see whether it's for you. Mm. Now, like, what was your ultimate goal with this when you first decided, when you started brainstorming everything and the way you were going to do it? Uh, just to give people, um, to, just, to, just to give people some, uh, some warmth some some companionship whilst they whilst they might be having um, sort of emotional emotionally hard times because of the difficult times we're all going through. Mm. 
What has the response been so far from the viewers and the listeners? It's been it's been wonderful. I'm you know I don't have uh, I don't I don't really have a way to get it out to the world. I mean that's why we're doing really this this interview and and the other ones that I've done. Um, I would love everyone to know about it because out of all the people who are out there. Um, I'm sure it might help uh, some of them, uh, a small percentage of them. And um, those who have found it and want it um, are incredibly generous in the way they they say it's really doing... They, they look forward to 5 o'clock when they miss it. They are able to, to catch up. Um, so, certain people just like the idea of sitting with me at whatever time is yeah. suitable for them when it when it gets onto onto YouTube. And in fact several people have have said to me, uh, please will you do some books for my younger children? And so just a couple of days ago I put up on YouTube um a reading of me, my me reading in front of the fire, uh the Beatrix Potter short story, The Tale of Peter Rabbit, which is a very sort of classic yeah. English, um, you know, a kid's book. And um, everybody, it's just a, it's just a, it's a very sort of low tech way to entertain yourself. Yeah. And uh, apparently, you know, I mean, I, I can't imagine what it would be like locked up now if I had, but my two daughters were, were very young, you know, I think any opportunity to, to entertain them that, that wasn't, you know, some, some TV show that I don't really feel they should be watching at that age. This is just a simple reading of a book. Yeah. Um, and, and that's being very well received too. So I'm, you know, I'm very, very, uh, heartened by what, what I decided to do. And I'm, and I'm lucky that people are responding so, so generously to it. So uh, once you finish this book, is your plan to start another one, or what do you think? I don't really know. The book is the book is fifty nine chapters long, and so I read every day. And I started twenty two chapters ago. Yeah. Um, so I promised everyone that I would read to the end. I hope we're all out um, by then, but I will keep on reading. And I, I have to say that uh, many people have suggested that this is a fun form of entertainment. Because, um, the, the, yeah, I mean, I'm just piggybacking off, uh, off, off some of the most amazing literature ever written. I mean, uh, and there are a lot of wonderful books. So the underlying story is gripping. The, uh, the, way, you're, the way you're listening to it and seeing it is is just new and um although it's not that new because the reality is that when dickens wrote all of his books he released them in magazines in installments and many many people would go and get from the newsagent go and get the magazine bring it home sit in front of the fire with their family That's right. and somebody would read it out loud to them and uh, so it's, it's, it is actually an old world. It's almost like we have this kind of form of entertainment in our bones, and I'm just recreating it. So, so I hope that, I, I do hope now that 
after we're all out and and everyone's healthy, that um, I can see whether one of the companies might be interested in having an arm of their entertainment, which is this simple fireside reading. Hmm. There's plenty of uh, media streaming right now. Maybe you'll get lucky. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So for the listeners, how can they find uh, the show on uh, online? You said it was YouTube? The, yeah, the easiest uh, for everyone is to go to the Fireside Reading channel on YouTube. And all the episodes are there. All the chapters are there. Uh, and then if you if you just want to check it out or if you want to catch up with the 20 chapters and then start live, it's on Instagram at Fireside Reading, all one word. Uh, Gillard, this was fun. Uh, thank you for coming on. <laughs> you bet. All right. Awesome. Thank you very much. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.